Hey, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. Today, we have a great question from a listener about how do we find moderation within our diet when it seems to either be banishing a food or eating everything. And today, that's what we're actually going to talk about on how do we find a healthy balance when it comes to certain foods. All the nutrition information out there today, everything's conflicting, completely confusing. How are we supposed to be healthy if even the experts can't agree? This is Outspoken Nutrition. I'm your host, Laura Timbrook, and we're going to break it all down. I'm super excited about this question today. We had a listener write in that says, I know so many health professionals say the key to a balanced diet is moderation, but I can't seem to follow moderation, especially when it comes to carbs. I seem to eat all the carbs or I have to banish them from my life. How do I find the balance in adding in moderation. And I think this is a great question because I think this is something that so many people have, you know, conflictions on, whether it's carbs, sugars, caffeine, alcohol, is it's easier to just banish everything from our life than to allow moderation to come in because not all the time do we know what moderation looks like. You know, when we say have a moderate amount of carbs, that doesn't tell us much. Have no carbs, that tells us everything. Don't eat them. But when we're talking about finding that moderation, what does it look like? And I think this is such a powerful question to ask ourselves because what does moderate carbs mean to me, to maybe another health professional? I think the answer to that is really for every health professional, it is going to be different. You know, I like to look at carbs as our fuel source. You know, if we're eating all of our carbs, which most people do, most people will wake up in the morning, they have eggs and they'll have a salad for lunch, and then their carbs are at night. But our carbs are our main source of energy. So we're eating carbs at night before we go to bed. We're just doing it wrong. What I'd like to see when we talk about moderation, specifically with carbs, is putting in carbs to where we're going to need the energy. Yet, let's utilize that. If you know that you are going to have a rough day, maybe it's physical labor, but maybe it's mental you know, maybe it's a lot of meetings, a lot of mental stress. You know, mental stress will often burn energy as well. We need the energy for that. And that's a lot of times where we don't have enough carbs. And when then we're leaning on caffeine and other sugars and things like that to kind of make up for it. So I like to use carbs as that energy source and putting it around when we're going to need energy. So for a lot of people, that usually means eating carbs earlier. Now, not necessarily for our shift workers, and we're going to talk about that for in a minute. If you work a third shift, again, you're eating your carbs, granted it's late at night, but it's earlier, I'm using my air quotes here, earlier within your day. You know, you might be taking in your most carbs at at 9, 10, 11 o'clock at night because you're working an overnight shift. I wouldn't go home at 6 a.m. or 8 a.m. and have a heavy carb meal because that's just gonna keep you up and disrupt your sleep. And that's how we wanna look at it. Put in those carbs around where we're going to need energy. Now, you know, in some previous episodes, I've talked about carbs are kind of like a, a lie detector. You know, if our body doesn't burn them, it's going to store them. So if you are finding yourself gaining more weight, it might be your amount of carbs. You might not be burning those carbs. Now, it could be a ton of other things. It could be stress. It could be hormones. It could be just overeating, period. 
But that's what I like to look at. Are we just overeating? Are we eating too many at night because we're having, you know, a grain with dinner and then maybe we're having some ice cream and then we're having um, a juice or a soda and it's just carbs on carbs on carbs at that point. So that's really what we want to look at. But let's talk about other things other than carbs because, you know, sometimes we have problems fighting moderation with animal proteins, you know, and that becomes what works best for you. If you find yourself feeling really sluggish after having red meat, we'll back off on the red meat. Or maybe you feel okay having red meat once a week at lunch. When you're having a bigger lunch, maybe you're out with work, then keep it to that time. You know, you got to find what works for you. And I think this is one of the big, the most powerful things when it comes to food journaling. You know, when I was originally started coaching, we used food journaling a lot when we were health coaching to kind of see what people were eating and help them, you know, clean it up. Anyway, what we want to utilize that journaling for is we want to utilize that journal to see what's happening, see how it's going to affect our mood. It's so difficult to think back earlier in the day and say, okay, well, at one o'clock I got tired, but what did I eat at 1230? You know, our days get so complex and so busy that we don't have the capacity to remember. But it's a lot easier if we're writing something down or simply taking pictures. Listen, if you are not a kind of person that's going to carry around a journal, that is fine. You don't have to be. Everybody has a camera in their pocket. You can simply take pictures of food. You don't have to post them on Instagram and acknowledge what you're eating throughout the day. So if you're thinking back and it's like, ah, three o'clock, you know, I wasn't feeling so good. You can go back in that to that picture that you might have had a late lunch at 2.30 and notice something you ate. And I would say if you're going to do this, maybe keep it in some kind of folder, organize it somehow in a certain way so that way you can have them the next step in um, having something because that's going to really help us utilize moderation. Now, again, when we're talking about moderation, well, how do we know what animal proteins work best for us and all of this? And that's really up to, again, how your body is finding out that journaling. And, you know, if you've had kidney stone issues in the past and your doctor has told you to really watch that animal protein, well, your doctor's already told you what to do. Follow the doctor's orders. If you know, you know you are a pre-diabetic and you have talked to a nutritionist and they told you what to do. Follow their advice because this is really what it is. Most people I have talked to at some level, they have talked to some type of health professional that has told them what to do or at least given them an understanding of where they need to be. They might not have followed through with it. They might not known how to follow through with it. And as a health coach, that's a lot of times where we're working. You know, you get this data and you're trying to work with your client to find out how to implement that in their life so that it works for them. And that's really important. So, you know, finding out what works for you. If you already have a health professional giving you advice, listen to it follow it. Even if you don't agree with it, at least give it a chance. It's going to be the same thing I tell my kids when they're sitting at the table and they don't want to eat a vegetable. Just try it because you don't know what's not going to work until you try it. Now, if you try something and you realize it's not working, 
you can stop. You can call your doctor. You can call your nutritionist. You can call whoever you're dealing with and have a conversation. And I think that's really powerful when we're talking about gaining control over that moderation is having a conversation, whether it's with our health professional or maybe it's even a conversation with ourselves. Checking in, see how we're doing because that's gonna give you the the power of moderation. Now let's talk about those sweets. Listen, we know eating sweets on a daily basis isn't the best idea. Now, if you just have a sweet craving, listen, you can have one ounce of chocolate a day and be totally fine. That's not going to be an issue. It's where we can't stop at the one ounce and suddenly it's one ounce of chocolate becomes the whole chocolate bar or one slice of cake becomes the whole cake and the cake is every day. That's not what we want. Listen, if you're going out on the weekends to a restaurant on a Saturday night and you want a dessert, have the dessert. If there's someone there that you can share the dessert with, even better. But this is where we need to find that moderation. And a lot of times when we're trying to implement moderation in the beginning, it's hard. It's We're not sure how to do this because we've never utilized moderation before. It's either been a banishment or um, I'm hardcore in on it. And that's where we're starting to learn what this looks like. So it's really understanding what it looks like for you, how to implement it, what it fits within your life. And this is where hiring a health coach or a dietitian or something like that can really help work on that, work on how that moderation works for you. One of the things when we're talking about moderation is we really don't want to say, I can't have. That's probably one of the most dangerous phrases when we're dealing with a healthy lifestyle is the term I can't have, because that's already telling yourself you can't have it. And in previous episodes, I've talked a little bit about this rebel gene that we naturally want to rebel against whatever we can't have. We see it high in teenagers. We see it with people on diets. The moment you tell them they can't have something, they're going to start craving it. And it might have been something they've never craved before. So we never want to use the term, I can't have. What we want to use the term is, I don't want to have. I don't want to have that because it's not going to help me reach my goals. I don't want to have that because it doesn't make me feel good. I don't want to have that because this is not the time for it. Once we acknowledge that it's not something we want, want, that's totally different than saying I can't have because you have the control over your choices. And that's something I want everybody to leave this episode with is understanding you have the control over your choices. Now, one last thing before we go, there are people that do have true addictions to chemicals, to food, to whatever it is. And if it's something that you really cannot change and that item is controlling your life in some way, then this is where we probably need to take a step back. And again, not saying I can't have, but acknowledging I don't want to have because I don't have control. Now, if we're dealing with sugar, it could be just removing the sugar for a while letting our body feel its new natural rhythm. And you might be able later on down the road to start slowly introducing it and not have the problems. If it's an issue like alcohol, that's a little bit different. If you have always had an alcohol problem or maybe alcoholism runs in your family, then I would definitely seek out help and find a solution that works for you. And it might be total abstinence from that. Using those phrases, 
I don't want to will change. And it's not an overnight change. Listen, none of this is an overnight change. It is going to take a while for you to learn moderation. It's going to be an ongoing lesson and there's going to be times where you're going to slip up and you might have to write yourself some rules about it. Maybe I only have carbs once a day. Maybe I have them twice a day. Maybe it looks like this. But over time, you will learn that moderation. It's behavioral change. And that's the biggest takeaway. Moderation requires behavioral change. I hope you guys all enjoyed this episode. I will talk to you next week. And don't forget to eat your effing veggies.